It's a lot of fun to talk about ag tech innovations and investments and startups, but what really matters is how all of that leads to better outcomes for farmer customers. I think one of the things we've done poorly as an ag tech industry is telling the grower there's this great new software or service here, do it all on your own. A lot of these tools and softwares can help save the grower time on the output side, but there is a lot of work to be done on the input side. Independent crop consultant Cassie Mish caps off our Tech Enabled Advisor series with today's episode alongside one of her farmer customers, Jake Smoker. To her credit, we have increased our yields on our farm substantially after utilizing her and her services. And I, I don't think we would have been able to do that without her help. This combination of technology and trust between farmer and advisor is exactly what this series is all about and can lead to tremendous advancements at the farm level. We've got now this data bank of seven years worth of information. People might be scared of fertilizer coming this year, but I know I'm in a very good position and I don't have to sacrifice my yield because I need to cut back on fertilizer. I just need to keep doing what we've been doing and it's worth the cost, absolutely. What can happen when trust meets technology on today's Future of Agriculture podcast. Hello, fellow ag nerds. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Future of Agriculture. My name is Tim Hamrich, and if you're interested in where innovative ideas meet practical realities in food production, I think you found the right show. With all of the excitement out there surrounding ag tech, especially in recent years, it can sometimes be difficult to decipher what's actually making a difference at the farm level. That's one thing that I've really enjoyed about this tech-enabled advisor series that we kicked off last April, and so it's a little bit bittersweet that today is the final installment of that series. To refresh your memory a little bit, these are episodes in which we feature a trusted advisor to farmers, so usually that's a consultant or an agronomist, to better understand their tech stack and how they're leveraging ag tech to get better results for farmer customers. Today's episode, I think, is a perfect example of what can happen when a forward-thinking farmer, a capable, trusted advisor, and a powerful technology all align forces. We have on the show Cassie Mish, who's an independent crop consultant and the owner of Platinum Ag Services, located in Northwest Indiana. As part of her offerings to farmer customers, Cassie is a certified services agent for the Granular Agronomy Suite of Services. One of those farmer customers is Jake Smoker, who also joins us on today's show. Jake farms with his father, Greg, in LaPorte County, Indiana, where they grow corn, beans, wheat, non-GMO corn, non-GMO beans, cattle, and seed corn for Corteva Pioneer. Jake and his wife, Jill, were also just recognized this week with the American Farm Bureau Achievement Award. So congratulations to them. Cassie and Jake will talk about how they've worked together to leverage technology to improve yields and efficiency on the smoker farm. There's some real insights here, in my opinion, on what's possible when the right ag technology is supported by the right people. As you may recall, with this Tech Enabled Advisor series, I wanted to hear from different types of guests who are each using different types of technologies. So rather than just working with one sponsor for the series, I did something a little bit different than I've done in the past and actually sought out a different partner for each individual episode. Today's episode was produced in partnership with Granular. Many of you listening are already familiar with Granular, and some of you might even remember the episodes I did with them back in 2019. 
which were episodes 135 through 138, and then also episode 153. These have been some of the most popular episodes ever on this show, so I highly recommend re-listening to those after you finish with this one. Granular is known for their farm management software platform, but in my opinion, they go far beyond that to actually offer the support needed to help farmers leverage data. They offer science and service for things like nitrogen management, which we're going to talk about in today's episode, especially important in years like this one where prices have gone up so dramatically. Granular certified services agents, people like Cassie, are an incredible resource to help farmers explore and push the needle as they try new software. Learn more about Granular at granular.ag, and thank you so much to them for partnering with me on today's episode. One more quick note before we dive into the episode, you're going to hear us mention the word Encirca, which was just the precursor for the services now known as Granular Agronomy. I just didn't want you to be confused there. So let's dive into today's episode with Cassie Mish and Jake Smoker. I'll drop you into the conversation where Cassie's explaining a little bit more about how one becomes a Granular Agronomy certified services agent like her. Granular agronomy certified services agents are either um, primarily independent crop consultants who either already had their own consulting business or are, you know, starting this as a new thing. And then there are some, you know, Corteva or Pioneer seed sales professionals that are also granular agronomy agents for their seed agency. I would fall under the independent crop consultant category. Excellent. And Jake, maybe talk about what led you all to Cassie? You know, what were you looking for that ended up leading you to her? My dad's always been a technology forward kind of person. There was uh, newspaper articles back in the 80s of him holding a big CRT monitor out in the feed yard. So he's always been the kind that uh, wants to integrate technology. The Encirca platform had just launched. It was brand, brand new. And uh, we were interested in it from a nitrogen management portion having the manure from the feed yard and things like that, we needed a better way to manage it. You know, nitrogen's always been one that we've always kind of maybe struggled with, you know, instead of just putting out as much as what we could, how could we better manage that? So Cassie was, I think, brand new with Encirca and selling that, which is now granular. But we just loved Cassie's enthusiasm and her uh, passion for agriculture and uh, agronomy. And we've gotten to know her now over the last... Oh, shoot, Cassie, six, eight years, maybe eight years probably now. It's been right about seven years ago. Yeah, and she's been great uh, from an agronomy standpoint of just uh, challenging us in our operation. And we'll come at her with a wacky idea and she'll you know, research it or bounce back with a few different things. And she'll always say at the end of it, try it out. You know, what's the worst that can happen? Pick a few acres and try it out. So she's really forced me to think differently when it comes to the agronomy side of uh, the crops. And to her credit, we have increased our yields on our farm substantially after utilizing her and her services. And I, I don't think we would have been able to do that without her help. Wow, Cassie, that's a ringing endorsement. Let's talk about Encirca specifically. For someone who's never heard the term before, what are we talking about here that you've been working with them on? As Jake mentioned, what was formerly known as Encirca Services is now branded as Granular Agronomy Services under the Corteva Sciences umbrella and has gone through some really great software reiterations to go along with that. But some of the main services that we offer today 
are services like variable rate seeding prescriptions, soil sampling and fertilizer ricks, you know, particularly uh, lime, phosphorus, and potassium. But the advisors have the ability to go beyond that with other nutrients. And then one of our big services is our granular agronomy nitrogen service. And that really just brings together the science of a lot of research and things we understand about nitrogen in the industry and brings it together with the art of advising a grower on their nitrogen plan. We're able to input a lot of information into the software of what, you know, Jake's practices are and what he might like to do with his nitrogen plan. And then I can give him, you know, scenarios or risks and prescriptions to say, here's your best success of of a nitrogen plan this season. And then when we get five inches of rain in June, how do we change that? (laughs) Very cool. And, And for those listening who may not be agronomists, talk about what would that look like if you didn't have the granular agronomy services? What would you have to do instead? How is that tool sort of helping you work with folks like Jake? Well, I'll talk about so the nitrogen model and service specifically. There's a lot of things that we as an ag industry and as growers know and understand about nitrogen, at least on a surface level, but there's so many different things that affect nitrogen availability and loss in the soil. And and we know what some of those are. Um, We know that rainfall will move nitrogen down through the soil and may mean we need to apply more. But it's hard to bring together things like how do my different yield targets in different zones affect our nitrogen needs combined with the soil types, combined with the rainfall, mineralization rates. Am I using a nitrification inhibitor? Did I put manure on the field? You know, there's hundreds of different factors that can work together to affect what's happening with nitrogen in the soil. And so we're just bringing together the science, a lot of the information along with what Jake is doing or wants to do. And I can say, well, here's your best chance of doing this prescription or applying this much nitrogen on this field. It gives you the least risk for loss. Or sometimes we'll walk through scenarios. You know, in the last couple of years, uh, Smoker Farms has been Y-dropping or put nitrogen on late and they hadn't been before. And so we can walk through scenarios of, well, if it does rain, let's do this much. If it doesn't, maybe we don't need to at all. And I may say that, in my opinion, Jake, I'm curious to hear what you think, but one of the biggest values to the service is how do we account for the nitrogen in your manure as part of the nitrogen program? You know, in the past, that's been a very hard thing to quantify. And so we'll utilize how much manure has been put on certain fields and when we have an understanding the nitrogen content in that manure. We'll use what the granular nitrogen model says is still left, perhaps at side dress time. And then sometimes I'll pull nitrogen soil samples to verify and bring all that together to give really good confidence on, on how much nitrogen to put on side dress or, or later in the season. And it sounds like you guys have done a good job of preparing, especially for a year just like this year, right? Jake, can you maybe talk about what's happening with fertilizer prices and, and maybe how this work has set you up better than maybe others who who aren't thinking about the same thing. Yeah, honestly, the first few years of doing it, I didn't believe the model. I didn't believe Cassie, but I like Cassie. And so when she said, hey, this field, I'm dead serious. This field, you know, you used to put on 160 units of, you know, anhydrous. But now I want you to take and back that all the way down to like 70 units of anhydrous. 
And I'm like, Cassie, that's just not going to happen. I can't bring myself to do that. And she's like, just try it. So I ended up, she'd write the script. And when I got to that portion in the field where the test strips would be out, dropping it down like that, I'd cover the monitor. I'd shut the horn off, you know, mute the monitor. I just, I couldn't look at it. And then every time, every time it's like, wow, that was right. It was correct on what we were seeing based on, hey, we had put down 10 tons of bedding pack manure on this portion of the field. So in this portion of the field, let's create a zone that based on the yield goal of 220 bushel corn, we're going to need this much nitrogen based on this seed and you know how much seed we put out and everything else. And that's the cool thing about everything was that it's comprehensive. So the seeding scripts are there and then we're doing the nitrogen plan. She's doing the fertility portion of that granular application as well. You know, we'd always done kind of zones and two and a half acre grid sampling for fertilizer, but now we're even drilling it further of manures getting variable rate applied across the field. We've got now this data bank of what seven years worth of information, you know, People might be scared of fertilizer coming this year, but I know I'm in a very good position where my fields are at. As far as fertility across the board, I'm just not going out and spreading 150 pounds of DAP. I'm being very targeted and very specific. And we've been like that now for quite some time. So it's going to pay dividends this year back to the operation. And I don't have to sacrifice my yield because I need to cut back on fertilizer. I just need to keep doing what we've been doing and it's worth the cost, absolutely. That's fantastic. And Cassie, we've talked a lot about you know fertility and nitrogen. Are there other components to the offering that you bring to a customer like Jake? Yeah, when you look at, you know, I mentioned variable rate seeding prescriptions a little bit more, which of course that in and of itself is not a new technology, but one of the things we do with the um, granular agronomy platform is provide a prescription for every hybrid on every field. So let's say Jake is planting um, 10 corn hybrids across his operation. He would have a prescription for all of those on every field. So let's say we have a plan for what to plant and the plan changes. He's already got a prescription for it without having to, you know, wait between fields and go, oh, I forgot I'm changing the hybrid there. I need a new prescription. You know, so that's already built into the service. You know, there's some other things that are included, such as what I'm going to call data management and collecting Jake and Greg's planting and harvest data, analyzing it for them, utilizing satellite imagery and looking at the changes in that imagery week to week to see what we might need to scout. You know, this is a, a side service that I provide. Jake and his farm utilizes soil moisture sensors under irrigation to help decide you know, when to irrigate and take some of that guesswork out of the decision making. I guess you could say, yeah, there's lots of different services and features to what I do and what granular agronomy offers, depending on the level of what the grower wants or needs. And I'll jump in there too. Cassie talked about the scripts for the seeding, and you do not know how much of a time saver that is, because I roll into the field, everybody's mad, it's middle of planting, and it's just rained for the last seven days, so it's just go time. And you go, what variety do I have loaded in? Well, shoot, that field's not dry, but I got this one. Hey, it'll go on that field, but I wasn't planning on it. Go call up on the monitor. Here's the script for it. Away you roll. You're not having to go like chase down, hey, you know, I got to change something around or just going with a flat rate. 
to have all those scripts already preloaded, that to me, it's a lifesaver in the spring, especially when uh, everybody's uh, uh, maybe a little more on edge as uh, planting rolls on. Absolutely. And, and Jake, had you guys used uh, independent agronomy advisory services in the past or consulting services in the past? We had, oh gosh, yeah. We had had, you know, various people and still utilize independent agronomists as well. Just bounce ideas off and get different perspectives on things. There's a, an old agronomist that we used for the longest time. He was probably 90 years old and still pulling soil samples for our, our farm. His name is Red Clover no joke. And uh, that guy taught us so much about the old ways of agronomy and the old ways of thinking. And uh, it's cool to talk with Cassie and kind of bounce these different ideas off of her because she comes at it with, you know, maybe a more modern perspective. But you see how those old ways also mesh and gel to the new ways of doing things. And Cassie can bring technology to those old ways, those old thought processes of how to you know treat the soil and how to grow a good crop. When you think about like Herman Warsaw back in the day growing 340 bushel corn, you know, record setting corn, there was those old philosophies are still viable and still present. It's now how can we take technology and kind of push it just a little bit further forward or reduce the amount of inputs and still keep moving that needle forward. Red Clover, you cannot come up with a better agronomist name than that. I know. His name was Red. That was his name. It was. It, I remember it. he'd take me out on his three-wheeler going and pulling soil samples, and he had a hammer that he'd beat you know, the thing into the ground to get the core. And I, I probably faced death more times than not riding on that three-wheeler with Red, but I learned so much from him just talking, pulling soil samples, and I'm probably you know seven years old. He was a great guy. That's awesome. Uh, Cassie, for you, had you always kind of been into the technology or, you know, one thing I'm curious about, we do all these ag tech episodes and, you know, learning any new tool, even something really simple that I just use around the office here, it could be time consuming and kind of daunting just to like change processes and learn new tools. How do you go about that? And, and how do you go about deciding like what tools are good for you to start incorporating into your business? Hmm. Well, I've always been about science. I've just always had more of a science brain, interested in science. Fun fact, I actually started at Purdue in food science. So I you know, really started with enjoying the plant sciences and then just seeing that the technology space in ag is, I think we're really just on the very tip of it. And so that's one of the things I really like about what I do is bringing together the agronomy science with software, with service. And to me, for what I try to do, it really, really comes together with those three things. So science, software, and service. And it might be actual hardware. It might be utilizing traditional, I'm going to say traditional agronomy in a different way. But to me, it's really interesting that a software developer can take science and code it into something that gives us a result. And Jake, what about you? Did you inherit that from your dad, his interest in kind of the tech side of things? And I'm just curious uh, how that looks on your farm today. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I did. My great grandfather was the kind in the 40s and 50s. If there was the brand new gizmo out there, he had to have it. And uh, if it was anything that pushed things forward, he had to have it. He had to be part of it. 
it just kind of, it's a generational thing, I guess. I know my dad was so big into technology and anything that he could get his hands on that made sense financially, he wanted to be part of it. You know, he may not have been in the purest sense an early adopter, but man, he was right there. Once it made financial sense, he was right there and on it. I mean, I can remember probably in second grade, he sat me down at the, the Windows 95 Dell computer and said, okay, you're going to learn Excel. And he started teaching me how to write, you know, VBA and Excel because he grew up, you know, learning on Lotus, you know, numbers one, two, three, and things like that. Forever, I've been, you know, how do you incorporate business and technology together? You know, the happiest day of my life without even realizing it was when we started to get things like auto steer and yield monitoring and things like that. And, you know, people think, well, auto steer, it's because I could sit back and, you know, not pay attention. But the most fun thing with that was I was able to start tinkering with the auto steer and I end up buying old junk monitors and fixing them. And, you know, you could turn around then and watch the planter plant and then really dive into, well, that row unit's not performing just right. Okay, the 2020 is saying it's not performing right. Let's get out and really tinker with it. You know, using technology to your advantage instead of just using it to play on your phone. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think we're poised for success. Tech's been such a such an integral part of what we're doing. Same with the cattle side of things. You know, the technology from having a scales head to the cattle we use, linear programming, basically, where it's least cost modeling. So you feed in all these different data points of basically nutritional facts on the feed and, you know, each ingredient. You feed that all into this program. My dad actually built this. And... uh it designs the rations for you. Just like uh, what we're doing with the Inserca and all of that, it takes maybe just a little bit of the grunt work out of it. You still need that human element to look at it and finesse it. But if you take out of the bulk work of it, the uh, stuff that, you know, it's just the minutia of it. If you could take that out and really then set yourself up for the time of you can sit there and focus on the things that need attention instead of having your time spread across the whole thing. Tech has just been, it's been part of my life for a long, long time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. As you kind of think about continuing to bring more value to people like Jake, you know, what are the either challenges or opportunities you see for advancing your business? And and that may mean growing to more clients, or it may just mean better serving the ones you have. This is a good question because it's one I deal with daily. I really try to provide great service so that my customers don't have to operate all of the software or crop models or data analysis on their own. I think one of the things we've done poorly at as an ag tech industry is telling the grower there's this great new software or service here, do it all on your own. A lot of these tools and softwares can help save the grower time on the output side, but there is a lot of work to be done on the input side. And I've really seen that in order to utilize some of these services and technology well, it really is helpful to have an advisor or someone to to help you through that, to ask you questions, to enter data for you, or just in general to try to make the grower's life easier. That's my goal. I, I don't think Jake is looking for more, more busy work to do. So along with that, with taking those things on myself, it does also create challenges for how much more workload I can handle, right? That is always a challenge. There's a lot of computer work, you know, that goes into services that I do for Jake and others and, you know, data entry and evaluation and placement and things like that. So those are challenges. 
Yeah. And Jake, how about for you in the farming operation? Where do you see opportunities for increased resources? Maybe that's in technologies or services that might get you to the next level you want to take your farming operation. Yeah, I mean, you look at the labor shortage right now, you look at the lack of skilled labor as well. Cassie's basically just an extension of our operation. You know, she talks about that that piece of she's able to do a lot of the stuff, you know, make the technology easy for us, even as versus what we are. It's so nice to have somebody on the other end that, you know, knows how to make those scripts up real quick, get them to you. I don't have to worry about a, a file issue or anything like that. You know, I know when she sends me a script, be it nitrogen, be it uh, to the fertilizer spreader, you know, or the planter or anything like that, I know it comes through. It, it's a hundred percent. And even for like the irrigation monitoring, you do not know how many years we have struggled trying to figure out how much to water, when to water and things like that. I mean, it usually just came down to, oh, hey, the neighbor turned on his pivot, better go start ours, you know. You never had a clear way of doing it. And you start to think about it and go, okay, it cost me for every inch I put on just in, you know, fuel, it's costing me $4 an acre. And that was back when diesel was cheaper. To have Cassie distilling all that data and stuff for us and watching that probe, and I get a report in the morning or she'll text me and say, hey, it's looking like based on the forecast, you better get that pivot started. We've completely changed our method of irrigation. And I think we've seen that translate in as well. So those kind of things, I think, you know, having Cassie as basically an extension of our operation has been phenomenal. It frees me up to do other things. You know, I'm excited for the future. This the thought of autonomous, we've touched it with auto steer. We've touched it with the combines are starting to get to that point where it's less and less that you need a an operator in there. It's, it's becoming more of just a driver, but there's a lot of stuff coming on the horizon. I think is, is going to be, we're going to have to be able to do more with less people on these operations. Okay, great. Well, um, the podcast is called Future of Agriculture, and, and Jake, I'm curious from your perspective, and we've already touched a little bit on the tech advancements coming like autonomy, but uh, just for you know, you looking at your business, where do you want to see your business go next, and what do you think we might be talking about relative to your farm in a couple of years that we're not talking about as much today? Ooh, that's a great question. Cassie and I both just got back from the Indiana Farm Bureau's uh, state convention, and uh, there's a nonprofit in the state of Indiana called Agrinovus. They're a tech incubator. They're kind of the forward thinking. And they had a seminar there at the Farm Bureau State Convention, kind of talking about this of what are we going to be seeing in the next couple of years of what's coming. And I think, you know, data management is always going to be how can we better use the data that we're getting in? We're getting so much in. And we all feel like we're drowning in data and drowning in data points. And Cassie thankfully throws us a life preserver and her service and her work pulls us kind of above the mess of data that comes in. And she gets us beyond just, hey, there's a pretty picture that the combine made. Okay, now what do we do with it? Or there's a pretty satellite imagery. Now what do we do with it? Uh, you know, Cassie gets us there. But I think the total utilization of that data and making sure that that data coming in is actionable and clean. So much that we create is 
sometimes it's questionable. You know, we all have our best intentions, but sometimes we forget to switch the field in the monitor and uh, we end up harvesting half a field that uh, should go to one that's 30 miles down the road. So, you know, making sure the data is actionable and clean and things like that, those are always going to be, you know, kind of top of mind. Now, what technology is out there that gets you those data points? There's so much more that's coming. Uh, I was on an IoT conference call this past week, and, you know, the biggest names in technology that have nothing to do with agriculture are looking at agriculture right now and saying, there's a bunch of data there that's untapped. We have so much there. And I tell this to every company that looks at that pool of data and thinks that they got the next big thing. You know, I tell all of them that I help with, you guys got to recognize the data is going to be dirty coming in. The devices that are collecting it and the devices that you want to make run have to run out in the middle of a field with no cell service, no data, no internet connection, no nothing. You got to do that processing right there on the edge in the grime and the muck and the dirt and the dust. So it's, it's good that there's companies looking at it. I just hope that they recognize that we're not in a sterile environment of a warehouse where there's a good fiber line coming in or, you know, a manufacturing facility. And, you know, and there's other things coming too with carbon markets and all of that. There's going to be something happen down the road technology-wise. A piece of that has to be part of it. I don't know what that looks like, though. You know, and then just like you said, the autonomy is coming. How do we make our lives easier with the reduced labor force that we've got? Sure. Yeah, Cassie, how about you? Uh, I'm sure you probably get approached by companies all the time that want you to carry their product and implement it into your service and that sort of thing. How do you make those decisions and what are you maybe looking at in the future? That's a great question, Tim, because I do, um, I'd say probably every couple of years, I do kind of look at an additional service to add to my suite of services, or at least explore additional things and see how they may complement well what I'm already doing. So for example, one of the things I'm looking at here currently is a company called Pattern Ag, and they do DNA soil testing. And at first, that sounds a little bit uh, futuristic, but it's really just taking a soil sample and running the DNA in that soil against a database of known DNA. So they're screening for things like, you know, diseases, mostly corn and soybean diseases, insects, biology. And so, you know, these are things that have DNA and DNA that we know. And so now we're starting to understand a little bit better the space of soil health that's popular or diagnosing um, XYZ is wrong with my field. Can we figure out why before things may happen? And so I'm, I'm always looking for these things to add that may be complementary. And I think we're just on the tip of the iceberg of these types of new technology and services to offer. It's fun. And uh, this question, I guess, is for both of you because you both probably have to sort of navigate this. I think some farmers, when they hear about a tool from, let's say, granular, you know, potentially a, a company that is um, also going to look to sell inputs, they wonder like, okay, well, how exactly is this data being used? And, you know, should I be concerned about them knowing all this stuff about me and then trying to kind of, you know, sell me something? And and how do you navigate that specifically with kind of the the granular agronomy uh, certified agent uh, type offering? 
I think that's a, certainly a natural question many people will ask. Um, I can very much say that their data is utilized to the benefit of a service for them. For example, you know, making good management zones. I can make really good management zones for people, and, it, and it's really fun that they go, wow, yeah, that's my field. Let's manage it that way. I can also say I can make pretty good zones without your data. You know, There's no pressure to share or provide your data. I don't have to have it. But I really just say, but if you wish to share it, it really does help me do a better job for you. Um, of course, Granular has some privacy policies in place that are publicly available on the internet, but customers aren't required to provide that. And I can say in the seven years that I've been doing this, the only thing that I've ever seen you know, be used with a customer's data is for them. And it's what I'm doing with that data. I've never seen a single instance or been aware of really a single instance where customer's information has been used improperly. And I don't think we can. We don't want to go there. Right? No one wants to go there. Right. Jake, is that a concern? Not necessarily specific to this instance, but in general, the data thing, I, I think everyone's sort of trying to wrap their arms around, like, should we be concerned or what What are the risks sort of thing? And how are you looking at that? Oh, yeah. I think farmers are the, uh, we have to be so optimistic every time we put a crop out, but we are the most pessimistic uh, group of people in the world as well. Um, <laughs> I think that's just because we've been burned by different things that have come up in the past. And so we, we got this cynical, pessimistic look when it comes to certain things. The thing with Cassie and granular and all of that, Cassie doesn't sell fertilizer. She doesn't sell any of that. So when she says, I need to put down, you know, 75 pounds of DAP in this spot, I go, okay. You know, when she tells me to cut my nitrogen rate, you know, even though I don't like to do it, I'm actually the one fighting her on that of, of doing that. So, you know, she's not selling the product that I'm using. She's making an unbiased recommendation to what our farm needs based on the data points. And, uh, you know, I trust Cassie. I, and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day is the uh, personal relationships. And that's the great thing about granular as compared to maybe some other platforms that are out there is there's actually a person involved with it. And so I get to know Cassie. I get to see her. I sit down with her multiple times during a year and she's always a phone call away as opposed to maybe some you know, piece of tech or piece of software that is me mindlessly putting in data and data comes back out. I don't have that human element. So maybe that eases some of my consternation that I, I might have about my data getting misused. But having that personal touch there has really made things just so much easier across the board. Well said. Yeah, you just kind of articulate the whole reason behind this series is that, you know, a lot of this tech needs to have a human element with it as well. And I know I've kept you a few minutes past. I'm sorry. I hope you all didn't have a hard stop here, but I want to give each of you one last chance. Anything that you were either hoping to share and did get a chance to or something that maybe we touched on that you want to go back to uh, any closing comments. Uh, the floor is yours and Cassie, we'll start with you. Sure. I just, I appreciate uh, Jake's shameless plug for uh, needing an advisor, you know, regardless of the uh, technology or software or service, really having that personal touch in place. So um, this gives me great job security, but, but I really love that. And I have seen this in other, I'm going to say softwares or technologies that come out, unless they have someone, you know, local helping walk through some of that service, sometimes it doesn't get adopted very well. And it's just because growers do not have time, you know, to add a lot of extra things on their plate. And I've seen just how important it is to have an advisor um, to walk along with, with technology or software 
with a grower. You know, there, there's a lot of technology that will allow us uh, maybe to be in a field less or to be able to see fields remotely, to be able to use data on that field better. But we've all very much seen how there's no replacement for some boots on the ground. There's always going to be real world scenarios that don't fit a model or don't fit a piece of technology. And we have to still have that you know, occasional checking fields and what do I see and how do I use all of this information together? So technology and software is lots of fun. There's going to be a lot more, of course, being developed here soon, but you still got to have that advisor and that person in the field. Absolutely. And Jake, you're going to get the last word. Oh, goodness. No, Tim, thanks for having me on, Cassie. Thanks for asking me to be part of this. Technology is something that uh, I am so glad, Tim, you're talking about this and uh, putting it out there. Um, It's something that uh, it may not be heard near enough. So as far as technology, I'm so glad that uh, I'm living in a time that we get to utilize it. My grandfather always said, uh, you know, people talk about the good old days and he'd say, I'm so glad they're past. And I'm glad to be living in this time and being able to utilize still the human relationships, you know, that Cassie can provide and the boots on the ground, but then also having the satellites in the air and the drones in the sky to be able to watch over things as well. It's been phenomenal. Well, huge thank you to both Cassie Mish and Jake Smoker for sharing their story on today's show. My hope is that gets you excited for not only the technology, but the people and the trust the relationships it's going to take to move the future of agriculture forward. Thanks as well, of course, to Granular for their support for today's episode. Once again, you can check them out over at granular.ag. And thank you for your time and your attention. I never take it lightly. I'll be back next week with another story of ag innovation. Innovation.